Well, thank you so much, guys. An incredible band, the praise and worship team, prayer team. We are off to a great morning. Well, good morning again. My name is John Lorenzo. Uh, for those of you that weren't here, we do have a crowd foreman for all of those that are on live right now. And uh, I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm excited for the word that God's put on my heart. And I'm also excited because those of you who know the wonderful relationship I have with Miss Blanche, uh, you'll find humor in this because on the way here, the Lord told me a couple of things and, and this morning, and, and one of the things was about Pastor Mike and how much he does. You know, preaching, I get a little glimpse of that to the point of this morning after I did my opening intro and prayed to start service. Reggie said, hey man, your mic wasn't live. I said, bro, it was live. I hit it, but I didn't plug it in and here's why. From the moment we got here this morning, we were getting things ready, and I was running around, and I got a little glimpse of, of what a morning looks like for Pastor Mike, and as I prepare, I get a little glimpse of what sermon preparation looks like for Pastor Mike, and, uh, and the other thing the Lord told me this morning is he said, make sure you acknowledge 2 Timothy 1.7, which Blanche has already done, so... We're going to cut down a little bit of time this morning, but I do want to just say, uh, for those of you at home, for those that are here, you know, the precautions that we're taking, they're not, they're not for me. They're, not, they're, they're for the people that need it, right? God calls us to a selfless love. Amen. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm a germaphobe. I don't like germs, sickness. I'm a, I'm, I get sick, I get man sick, okay? Just lay me out. I'm done. I'm out. That's it. Yeah, we all, there's solidarity in the brotherhood. So we get that. But I also think of those with the, the, the compromised immunities and, and some of our elderly. And so I want to honor them and I want to protect them. And, and what's great is, you know, whenever I'm changing up my sermon same day, because the Holy Spirit likes to do that, it always works together. And so today we're going to be talking all about justice and how the Lord feels about those that he needs to protect and he needs to help. And so it doesn't hurt me to do my part. And so I thank you for those that are honoring that. And, and I thank you that we are still able to gather here today, those that are here. But I do believe that the church is more than just the four walls. And so wherever you are this morning, you know, my, my half-sister, she's, she's in another state and she's watching this morning. And so wherever you are this morning, you are the church. And, and this message and this sermon is going to bless you. And it's going to equip each one of us to go out and do. Because when the Lord speaks it, we can't help but do it. Amen? So this morning, I want, to, uh, I want us to put on our imagination caps. Okay? I want us to, to think like it's like a storytelling. Okay? And I want you to imagine that you, you were hired at a new job. You know, and, uh, and you went into this job and you were doing everything right. You were walking what some would call the perfect path. But most, if not all, of the other people at this company were, were acting out. They were being fraudulent. They were cheating. They were lying. They were, they were doing everything other than what they were supposed to be doing. But you stayed on your path and, and you did everything right. And... All of a sudden, the, the main boss, the president, the CEO, the owner, finds out what's going on. And you being the person that you are, you decide that you're going to take the blame for everybody else. And so as you walk that walk up to that boss, you, you, you continue on this straight path and you have people yelling at you, you have people shouting at you, you have people that don't understand what you're doing. 
but still you walk. And when you get there, the boss man, he fires you for what everybody else did. Now, does that seem fair? No. Does that seem like justice? No. And see, so what we're going to understand is, is this morning, we are going to look at the life of Jesus and how he walked. Because see, what I just described was in nowhere near the brutality and the beauty of the cross and of the sacrifice of Christ. But yet we could not understand that type of justice. You see, Jesus did that exact same thing. He left the splendor of heaven. He came down and he walked our life. He walked with us. He suffered the same things we suffered. He faced the same temptations that we faced. He went on to die on the cross for our sins. And to us, that doesn't seem like justice. But see, the cross is where the justice of God met the grace of God. The rightful, the rightful, the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. You see, Pastor Mike has shared that so many times. It's ingrained in me. I understand that objects of wrath became objects of affection because of what Jesus did. And so we are so thankful to, to, to serve a God that did that. And because of him, we also, too, have a passion for justice. We have a belief in justice. We have a desire for justice. But the important part of this morning is that we make sure that our belief of justice aligns with God's belief of justice. Amen. Because alone, my justice, if I'm just being honest, does not come with a whole lot of grace and mercy. Amen. You know, I'm just like you. When I see something horrible happen, I cry for justice. But it's uh, street justice. You know, it's, uh, it's a little more aggressive justice. And so very quickly, I will lose sight of the same grace and mercy that God gave me. And I'm not here to say that justice isn't important, okay? And I'm not here to say that you do the, the crime, you need to do the time. But what I am saying is that we should always seek the justice that God wants in every situation. And that's tough. And you know where that comes in? That comes in, A, because we were made in the image of God. We talked about that last week, right? We were made in that image, and, and, and the best way to do that is to reflect back to him and to see what he wants. But the other thing is that we need to understand that this Lent season is a time where we can grow closer to God. And so this is another area in these six weeks of sermons where we learn an area where we can lean into him. We can seek him. We can understand the God that we serve because, you see, Jesus faced temptations. And that's why we look at a 40-day season of Lent is because Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the enemy, and he didn't back down. He didn't back down. He was hungry, and Satan said, well, turn this stone into bread. That's not the plan. That's not the purpose. He was taken up to the heights, and, and, and the enemy said, well, you can jump. The angels will carry you down. He said, don't, don't test God. You know, I like to think he got a little, little cocky in that moment. He probably didn't because he's better than me. But I like to think he smirked a little and said, if you only knew what was coming. Because it's not about today. It's about what's coming. And then Satan tried to take him up and show him everything and said, if you just bow down to me, I can give you all of this. 
Now, there definitely was a smirk there. Because he could give what he didn't have. But see, many of us, myself included, we can lose sight of that in the tough times. Amen? We can, we can lose sight of that. We can, that's a beautiful, beautiful picture, but the only way it stays beautiful if it stays in our minds and in our hearts. And if we dig in and we get into the Word and we find out that this God that we serve is incredible, He was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. He rose on the third day to defeat Satan's sin and death. He went away to prepare a place for us. I don't know about you, but Jesus has done plenty in our lives. But he didn't stop there. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to live in us, to to empower us. He intercedes on our behalf to the Father. He comforts us when we are sad. He carries us when we are weak. He corrects us when we need it, thanks be to God. But he also gives us grace and mercy, forgiveness of our sins. His mercies are new every morning. We could keep going. Isn't that right? My whole sermon, I could keep going. And we would just be, if you're not already overwhelmed, you, you, you got to check some stuff out. But you would be overwhelmed because that's how good he is. But today we're going to talk about a passion that he gives us. A passion for justice. And the importance of justice to God is made very clear throughout the Bible. We just have to read it. So we went ahead and made it easy. On your insert, um, we put just a few. Again, I couldn't cover them all. But if you want to walk down this path, you could go lock yourself in with the Bible and you could really, really dig in. But let's just cover a few. First, we'll look in Zechariah 7, 9 through 10. Thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. Now I see there that before we get into the oppression and the fatherless, Zechariah says, show kindness and mercy to one another. And and we're going to see a common theme in these scriptures as we read them. We're going to see a common theme where justice is not usually mentioned without grace and mercy and love. And do you know that we can render true judgment? We can hold somebody accountable to what is going on in their life, but we can still do it with love and with grace and with mercy, right? So don't make sure we don't go back and write, because it's on tape, that I'm not freeing everybody to do whatever they want. But what I'm saying is there's no reason to act without love. Isaiah 1, 16 through 17, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. That's a timely message. Remove the evil. (laughs) You weren't supposed to laugh at that. Um, Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Learn to do good. Shouldn't we just know to do good? See, our human, our flesh, our sinful desires, people, this is a This is a process, and this isn't just a grade K through 12 process, right? This is a 31-year-old process, and I can guarantee you, among other things, it's going to be a 32-year-old process next month, and it's going to continue to be a process. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. What we see there is that this is something that we are 
called to do. God has given us the ability, the authority, the empowerment to do it. But I always caution and go back to how we started. Our view of justice and God's view of justice doesn't always look the same. And so when we go to the Word of God to find out what is happening and how to handle what is happening, then we become empowered, right? If we just take this and we walk away and we never pick up another Bible and we just heard that we can go correct things and we can fix things and we can rebuke things, but we never see if it's matching up to the Word of God, we've done no good. I'm just saying. We've done no good. We must make sure that we stay close to the Father so that we can understand how to properly do what he has called us to do. And then we go to Isaiah 58, 5 through 9, and, and this is a good one because this one brings some correction to, to some people. And so, is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? This is where he's saying, you can go put on a show, but I truly know your heart, right? You can come up here and you could stand on this stage if this isn't a call to, to action for pastors. And you can speak and you can put on this big to-do, but I know how you're really feeling. You're not fooling me, is what God's saying. You might fool me, but you, God's saying, you're not fooling me, Right? And he goes on to say, is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke, to break every yoke, to take what is holding you down, to take what is pulling you back and to free it? Is that not why we spend this time of Lent season with God? Because we got to get through some stuff. See, your 40 days aren't going to look like my 40 days. And my 40 days aren't going to look like your 40 days because each one of us is being met exactly where we are by God. And, and, and I'm using 40 days, and I just want to caution because I don't want you to go back. I know there's been a lot of confusion about Lent and everything. When you reach day 41, that doesn't mean you stop. What it means is that you use these 40 days as a catalyst. So your next 40 days looks like your next 40 days. And you continue to grow, and you continue to learn, and you continue to lean in. Okay, but we got some stuff we got to get off. And that's why Jesus did what he did. He didn't just do it for eternity. He also did it for the now. He is with us right now. You know, if you have fears about what's going on in the world right now, Jesus is with you right now. Because that is the God that we serve. He has not left us. He gives us sound mind. You know why? So we can make wise choices right? It doesn't mean we have to overreact. It doesn't mean we have to go crazy, but it means we can make wise choices. Thanks be to God. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. See, we will find out later on in this uh, lesson that he is our righteousness and that he has given us righteousness. So what I just felt there when I was reading that is that he's going before us, 
right? And then how we act when it says there that um, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You see what we are? We're a walking, talking, testimony sermon to anybody that sees how we act in situations just like this. What we do today will show people the God that we see. If we act in power and love and sound mind, people are going to see and feel and react and want what we have, right? Because the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. People are going to be like, what just happened? You know what happened? An encounter with the Lord. The same encounter that's got me where I am today is the same encounter that's going to get people to fill up the church. We can't be worried about attendance today. What we need to be worried about is attendance six months from now. What we need to be doing is going out and acting out the hands and feet of Christ. And we aren't even actually in the lesson yet, but let's just see where God takes us next. (laughs) Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Amen. Just let that soak in for a minute. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness. See, Isaiah wasn't just going to tell us what we need to do and then tell us something good. He wanted to end it with, y'all know you got some work to do. Right? He wanted to let us know it's on us because we got real in power. We were like, go God, God's going to do it. But don't forget... Your feet got to do some walking. Your hands got to do some work. Your mouth has to do some talking, or maybe it doesn't. Your, ma- your mind has to be sound, right? That is the God we serve. Now let's get into point number one. Did you know that God identifies himself as the God of the poor and the oppressed? See, we are going to find that there is always somebody we can reach and help out because God identifies himself as the God of the poor and the oppressed. Now I will tell you, Psalm 68, 5 Hit me with the power of a million pounds. Father of the fatherless, protector of the widow, is God in his holy habitation. See, those of you who have heard me before, you know my father passed away when I was nine. He would have been 77 years old today. And uh, I read Father of the Fatherless, and I think, it's exactly the God that I serve. I read Protector of Widows, and I think about my mama, and I think about the walk she's had to walk for the last 23 years. God is good. God is able. And God cares. You know, see, in ancient times, the gods, they were identified with the rich and the powerful, right? But yet our God came down to to heaven as a son of a, a virgin and walked the walk that we walked and that we're walking Live the life that we lived to go on to die for us. And there's so much power in that because he identifies with us. He doesn't need us to be anything more than we are or anything less than we are. He needs us to be exactly who he has called us to be. He's a father to the fatherless. You know, usually when someone introduces themselves, they give their name and the thing they are most known for. For many years, that probably wouldn't have been the smartest thing for me to do, so I made some stuff up. But what I'm saying is that the God of truth, when he introduces himself, calls himself things like the father, the fatherless, the protector of widows. And uh, Jesus even takes this a step further with his claim in the Gospels that whenever you feed a hungry person, clothe a naked person, or visit someone in prison, you are doing it to Jesus himself. So how do we get closer to Jesus? 
He's telling us right here. And what I love about this is the look of confusion. Because then they will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then Jesus hits him with that power punch that I'm going to let you know something. I'm going to take away your doubts in this. And I'm going to say, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. I'm noticing a trend here. I'm following the thread here, and I'm really starting to feel the heart of the God that we serve. A God with all power and all ability and all might, the God that created everything, cares so much that he comes back to this point. The one that will leave the 99 to go after the one regardless of who the one is, what the one looks like. So it gives us power to go out and to do things boldly in the name of Christ. You know, I remember one time, um, I've always had a love for the homeless, and I really think it goes back to knowing that right after my dad passed away, we were pretty close to losing our house and ending up on the streets. Uh, But thanks be to God that he put somebody in our lives that was able to help us with that, and I I really think that stuck with me. So you don't think people are too young, right? Because at nine years old, I think that stuck with me, because as soon as I came to know Christ, one of the first things I did was get involved in homeless ministry, and, uh, and, and just even on my own. And I remember one of the times I was uh, at the mall, and I saw this couple, and they were homeless, and they were going through hard times, and I remember getting in line with them at one of the buffets, you got to hit your samples first to find out who's got the, the better taste and stuff, so we did that, and then we got in line, and uh, I was like, just get whatever you want. Listen, I don't know when I'm going to see you again or whatever. Let's just, let's load you up. So they got food to eat. They got food to take. And, and we sat in the mall and I could just feel the people looking at me. And I know some people were looking at me and they didn't have the best thoughts in mind. But I also could see some people looking at me like, huh, look at that. I didn't think to do that. I didn't think to invite them in for a meal. I watch the people when we buy our food. At first, like, whoa, whoa. oh, you're with him? Okay. And uh, then I gave them some bus fare, and I sent them on their way. And, and I'm sitting there, and then I started to have people come up to me, which I know I seem like an extrovert. I'm not. So I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, my mind, not my action, a little bit of my eyes. I was like, what are you doing? No, they come up to me, and they said, hey, I saw that, and I want to let you know that was awesome. And, uh, hey, I saw that. I never thought to do something like that. And it, you know what it was? It was a walking testimony. It had nothing to do with me. They're not going to know me anymore. They're not going to see me again. But when I said, well, hey, God blessed us and gave us an opportunity to bless. Or when I say, hey, God bless you, God loves you. That's just, it might just be one on their path to Jesus. It might just be one stop. They were just at the mall. They needed some new sneakers. All of a sudden they saw that. It hit them. And then they just moved on, and then hopefully they come over here and they see somebody else, maybe somebody in the crowd right now, do something. And they, Okay, okay, wait a minute. So God's buying people food and buying people clothes, and uh, I just saw them help somebody get a house for, or, or a hotel room for the night, and who is this God? We have that ability. We don't have to change everything, but we do need to act in accordance with what God's called us to do. I am so thankful we don't serve a God of the, the high and mighty right? We serve a God of the people, all people, because he is also a God of the high and mighty, right? He puts people in position of power. 
He gives people the opportunity. So he's the God of the high and mighty, and he's the God of what some people would call the low and lowly. I just call them people, because I could very easily be that people, right? It's the God we serve. So let me just turn this page and see where we're at. I'm thankful for y'all's grace and mercy as we go on this wild ride. (laughs) So number two, this is a big one. Shame is not a good motivator for justice. God's beauty moves the pursuit of justice from a duty to a choice. Shame is not, make sure you got that not in there, maybe underline it, circle it, a good motivator for justice. God's beauty moves the pursuit of justice from a duty to a choice. We don't have to do good. We get to. Amen. You know, sometimes we hear these things sometimes over and over as the years go by. And, 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 and God help us if it becomes commonplace to hear that. But we don't have to do good. It's not easy to do good. It's not always fun to do good. But we get to do good. Not because we're ashamed of what the opposite looks like. It's because when you come in contact with the Lord of Lords, when you feel the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus... When you see what he did for you, you can't help. You cannot help but go and try to reflect that to others. You know, um, the, when nothing is more intense than somebody who comes into a new relationship with Jesus. There's no intensity like that. You might remember that. You might have somebody right now in your life who, who has met Jesus and they're so fired up and you want to kick the recliner back. And they're like, what are you doing? Let's go. Let's go love on people. Let's go to the, to the homeless ministry. Let's go. Let's just go to church. Let's just be greeters. Let's not even sign up for the greeter team. I just want to start holding the door. I don't even have time for the sign up. I just know what it's like to circle a parking lot and think I don't belong in a church. Let me hold a sign on the side of the road to let people know you're welcome here. We want you here. God wants you here. Just, just in, no matter what you did, the church isn't going to light on fire when you walk in the door. I thought it was. That was my biggest concern. I'm like, I'm worried about the other people. Because I walk through that door, I can't be held responsible for what's about to happen. And that's not what it was at all, was it? You walked into the loving arms of a gracious father. You might have been the story of the prodigal son. Because you know his beauty. We see here Isaiah 30, 18 through 19. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Just let that hit you this morning. That's his desire. He desires to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. What? That's what he wants? That's what he he needs to do? He needs that relationship with me? You're saying that out of everybody, he desires that relationship? You're saying that this time, this season of Lent means just as much to him as it does to me? Let that soak in. You're saying even though I acted out, even though I had a little road rage on the way to church, <laughs> confession, that, <laughs> don't ask my family, that he still desires so much to give me that grace and that mercy, for the Lord is a God of justice. Amen. That's, that's where we're at today. The Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And we are in such good company. 
And sometimes we're not even in good company, but thanks be to God they're here, right? Because what I'm seeing right now is that God wants everybody. He loves everybody. He desires to give grace and mercy to everybody. And that we have ability to do that, to be His hands and feet, to act as justice to all of those regardless of who they are. He has given us the ability to do that beyond shame. And so this morning, I pray your eyes are open to the beauty of the cross. And that this right here will motivate each one of us to go beyond ourselves right now. To be love and and, and empowerment to somebody else. To bless somebody else. And here's the cool part. Once you do that, it's not that hard to find somebody. This is a hurting world. This is a world that needs the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus more than ever. So it's up to us to take that on as a choice and not a duty. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you, once you lean into this, you're going to have no other choice but to do it. The Bible tells us the people of Israel fasted and observed the Sabbath, but they forced their workers to work on those days. They were cutting corners. What I understand right now is that we can put on a show, right? And we'll see people. And listen, if you've been around long enough... You could see what show's on. You could tell. You know what's happening. Pray for them anyways, right? Because every one of us will be humbled one day. And so just pray it ain't your day, okay? But pray for them in the same way. And let that be a testimony to not cutting corners, right? Don't walk out of here today, say, oh, here's $20. I hope everything's good for you. Never look them in the eye. Make your big, you know, gesture known. Go do what only you know and what only God knows. And the only way that it's good is when somebody sees it on their own accord. And then when they come up to you, have no shame to say, it's the God I serve. He did it for me. He called me to do it for them. Right now, he's calling me to have this conversation with you. And that's the actions that we take. And number three, last but certainly, certainly not least, on the cross, the God of justice experienced injustice so that we might be spiritually free to live out his justice in the world today. Let's say that again. On the cross, the God of justice experienced injustice so that we might be spiritually free to live out his justice in the world today. We talked about it at the start of this sermon. Many of us saw absolutely no good in the story I told. We couldn't have identified any reason why that made sense. And you know what? I'm a human. This doesn't always make sense to me. I can't wrap my mind around that sacrifice. I am thankful for it. I am empowered by it. I am moved beyond measure. But when it comes down to actually being alone in your thoughts, that's a hard thing to think about. That is a hard act of love to understand. And that's what makes our God so good, right? Because he's doing something like that beyond what we can think, beyond what we deserved. You heard that? I can't speak about a A sermon on justice without using the word deserve because we're so quick to say, they deserve this. You see somebody homeless, well, they deserved it. You see somebody addicted, well, they shouldn't have done that. They deserve that. We're so quick to throw that around. You know what we deserved? 
So thanks be to God that he did that. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I'm really bad at singing, but I almost sang that. And those of you who listen, you know the song that was going on in my head. I'm like, don't do it. There's already not that many of them. You don't want to see people leaving. We're almost there. So, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful sermon because a uh, beautiful uh, scripture. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. See, Jesus never once sinned before he put himself up there willingly to die for us. But I'm thankful that that cross is empty today. Because three days later, he rose, defeating Satan, sin, and death for us. So we need to lean in to Christ during this Lent season. I'm so thankful for this. You know, I, uh, I was raised Episcopal, but right around the time my father passed away, the church closed down. And so for, for a length of time, I didn't, I didn't go to church. I had nothing to do with church. And then, you know, coming to a non-denominational church, I've never really understood the importance of it. And, and I know people go back and forth about it, but I really do stand with Pastor Mike, and I think anything that brings us closer to God is a good thing, right? How could it be a bad thing? thing for us to dig into his word more. You know, sometimes it's about those conscious decisions. Look at a regular week, Monday through Sunday. Monday gets busy, Tuesday gets busy, the week gets crazy, everything's happening. But come Sunday, we take that time and we carve it out and it's precious to us. You know, well, that's what we're doing this year. We're taking these 40 days and we're carving it out. We're saying, listen, I'm going to take time. I know life's crazy. I know I'm unworthy. I know I struggle to make it happen. But right now, I'm going to take these days, one at a time, and I'm going to lean in. I'm going to read the scriptures. I'm going to listen to sermons. You know, you can go listen to some incredible sermons online just throughout your week that lift you up. I do it all the time. I love listening to guys like T.D. Jakes, Louis Giglio, Andy Stanley. I love to get well-rounded views. You know, T.D. Jakes will always be special to me because we went to a conference one year and that man stomped on this stage so loud that the whole place shook. And I was like, I was a new Christian. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> that was the power of God if I've ever heard it. And he was talking about stomping and, and everything. It was just, it was so moving. All I'm saying is whatever that looks like for you during this season, lean into God. Learn this week about his justice. You have a list of scriptures. Go read them some more. Dig in. Don't just take my word for it. Dig in. I promise you it's fun. It really is fun to break down some scripture and understand exactly what it means. Whatever it looks like to you, dig in deeper. But know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we serve a God of justice. He is a father to the fatherless. If that's you this morning, I can tell you coming from a place as nine years old, and losing my daddy, that when I met Jesus 10, 11 years later, I felt something, is all I can tell you. I felt whole again. I felt like I had somebody to follow again. I felt like I had a great influence in my life. That may be you this morning. Protector of a widow. Maybe you need somebody to protect you. Maybe you need somebody to look out for you. I don't know what life has thrown at you. That's what he is. His mercies are new every morning. That means, doesn't mean you get away with everything. 
just means he's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. He's a God that wants to meet with you every morning. He wants to forgive you so you can move forward. Do you know why Jesus came? Because we couldn't have done it without him. He knew that. But it all comes back to knowing and growing in your relationship with Christ. So there may be some people here this morning that haven't done that, that haven't haven't called on the name of Jesus. And so in a moment when we pray, you have an opportunity to do that. And what we do is we have every head bow and all eyes closed. And you just raise a hand, and I act as a witness to that relationship. There may be some of you this morning who, who, um, who had walked away from church for whatever reason, but the craziness of this world right now, you knew you had to get back. There's no, uh, this is not something that happened on accident. This is a divine appointment. This is an opportunity for for you to come in. Maybe this church service, I know this is going to blow your mind, but maybe this church service went on today for you. Maybe this was what you needed. And so we as City on a Hill, we broke through all of the noise to put this service together knowing that one person today was going to come back to Jesus. Whatever that looks like for you this morning, but when I pray in a minute, I'm going to, I know it's going to be uncomfortable because people don't like silence, but I'm going to start off the prayer, and then I'm just going to be silent for a moment. Because this entire season is about you and God. And so maybe you have some things you need to just say right there in the quietness of the moment before, before we pray. And I want to give you that moment this morning. And, and um, I just want to honor the work that Jesus is doing in each one of our lives. Um, if you will, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're just going to take a moment. And I don't know if this is a moment for you to speak or a moment for, for us to speak. But right now, Lord, we're just going to live in a moment of silence and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. Heavenly Father, with every head bowed and all eyes closed this morning, God, we, we thank you for the work that you have begun to do in us, the work you've maybe restarted in us, or maybe the work that you're just continuing to hem in on all sides. Lord, this entire season is, is just a block of time that we have solidified to say you are God and we are not, and that in order for us to, to walk the walk that you've called us to, we need to grow closer to you. So this morning, if there be anybody in the room who, who has never come into relationship with Christ or, or has maybe walked away, again, with all eyes closed today, if that's you, just stick your hand up this morning and just, I see hands already going up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I see your hands. You may place your hands down. This is just a time to solidify, God, and, and just to say a prayer right between you and him. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the work that you've done in me. I thank you for the work that you're doing in me. And I thank you for the opportunity you're going to give for me to be your hands and feet, hands and feet of justice. Lord, I thank you that you are going to call me to, to those that are fallen on hard times, Lord. I thank you that you have already put a network of people around me that I can use my influence for. But God, I thank you that it all first begins with knowing you and being filled up and renewed by your grace, your mercy, and your love. We give this day to you, God, thankful for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God some praise this morning.
If you said that prayer, we just want to welcome you into to just a crazy family. We're nuts, but thanks for joining us. Um, if you were on live today, I just want to make sure you know that if you have any prayer requests, you can email them to us at the church. You can message me on Facebook. You can write them right there in the comments. And I assure you that there's a group of us that are going to be praying over those for you this morning. And the same goes with everybody here. Listen, like I said, I'm being mindful. I'm a hugger. I love each and every one of you, but I'm just going to kind of keep to myself. I go back to people uh, in my community that are, you know, compromised immunities. And so uh, I love you. And you know you're going to get a hug one day again. Um, but let's just be mindful of that, Lord willing, uh, <laughs> for me. But let's just be mindful of that. We do have one thing that we always do at City on a Hill. I want to bless you as you leave. Pastor Mike will be back next week ready with a fired-up sermon as we continued in this Lent series. Um, but let me just bless you. That's something we do here at City on a Hill. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word has gone.